You're listening to Matrimony. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Chris. This show is about managing your money. Happily ever after. Hey, husband. How hops it? Are you a bunny now? <laughs> no, that is a late 19th century cool hipster way to say hello. Oh, very They had hipsters cool. in the late 19th century. Gotcha, gotcha. Today, we are talking about the money we're spending and making in efforts to get our home running more efficiently. Plus, we have an update on how solar is going and a listener question about celebrating savings milestones. But first, how's your life going lately, Chris? Uh, it's going really well. Yeah? I'm biking everywhere. Yes, you are. On my e-bike. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it, someone in the Phoenix area has seen you. A listener from the Phoenix area has seen you. Probably they all have. <laughs> <laughs> I've been everywhere. Um, but it's been fantastic. It's, yeah. it's like a, I've been recovering from injuries, and so mm-hmm. it's been a, a little bit of a long road getting back to being physically active. But now I'm my injuries are not totally gone, but they're under control. Mm-hmm. And simultaneously, I mentioned last podcast that I bought an e-bike. And now I can get all over the place with yeah. relative ease, even in the heat. So I've been biking to Tempe for work. Mm-hmm. I've been biking to um, the gym. I've been actually I've biked downtown Phoenix a couple times. It's a thirty mile crazy. Trip. It's crazy. Yeah, but you love it, and I love how much you love it. And <laughs> it is reminding me of your sabbatical, mm-hmm. that glorious semester. Oh. And I think you've talked about it, but you're just your favorite exercise is. Just the utilitarian. Yeah. You like to get your exercise just as part of your every day. Yeah. And yeah. this is making it possible for you to do that again. And it's just really cool. Yeah. And I just see you getting really into it. And I just, it's so cool to see you just in that groove and loving it and planning out your route and planning to bike into work the next day and stuff. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's very cool to see. And truth be told, I, I when I decided to buy the e-bike, you know, I've been researching for a while, but it was still a little bit of an experiment. And I get these kind of crazy ideas every once in a while. Yep. Um, and they don't always pan out. Uh-huh. <laughs> and this was an, an expensive one, mm-hmm. but it's definitely panning out. It's becoming very much a part of my everyday life. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So very very happy. happy for you. So... My status update, I am still thinking a lot about this book that I finished last week. It is called Off the Clock by Laura Vanderkam. Mm -hmm. And she writes nonfiction, kind of self-improvement kind of books. But her books are always based in kind of time use studies and time use data where she Mm -hmm. actually has people track their time. around the clock for certain lengths of time, maybe either a day or two weeks and for on the half hour. So she gets this really fine grain data and then looks at that and extrapolates these trends about how people are using time efficiently or not and how they feel about their time and their lives. And I've really enjoyed some of her previous books. I would highly recommend to any working moms the book, I Know How She Does It. That's kind of how I got introduced to her. Anyway, her most recent book, I think it's something like how to be how to be less busy while getting more done. And basically she had 
hundreds of people track their time for just this one day. Mm -hmm. And then she kind of looked to see how people spent that time and then also how they feel about their time. Do they feel too busy? Do they feel like they have enough time? How happy do they feel? And things like that. And just kind of extrapolated what the strategies are for feeling like you're getting the most out of your time. And... I just really liked it. And I just think that there are still some points that she made that I'm just still kind of thinking about some points about how to be really, how to be really present Mm -hmm. during good times, but then also to take steps back and kind of see the bigger picture too. And she had another kind of framework that I really liked where she talked about the power of anticipating things Mm -hmm. and then being very present for them. And then also the power of remembering things as a way to feel like you're getting the most out of your time in a way. Anyway, I'm just still thinking about it. And she's a a journalist, right? Or or like just a writer, not not necessarily a Yes, I think she was a journalist for a long time. And now she has a, a book writing and a speaking career. That's cool because she's very on trend Mm because we were talking about this, but some colleagues of mine uh, were in New Zealand recently and they are there. There's this new thing arising. I think I think it's called time use epidemiology. Mm. It's an area of work where basically the whole notion is obviously we all have 24 hours in a day. How are we going to make use of that? Um, You only have a couple primary resources in life. They're really just time and money. Mm. Um, And with your time, you can divvy that up with things you have to spend your time on Mm -hmm. and then things you want to spend your time on. And with that time that is freely available to you, Mm -hmm. how are you actually making use of it? And we were just talking a little bit about how you might direct people towards using their time maybe more efficiently or or in ways they might value better. Mm -hmm. Um, Because there are a lot of times where where there are simply constraints on our time, like Mm -hmm. we have to work, we have to do things, Mm -hmm. hygiene, all that. But then there are norms that like dictate how we spend our time, whether we really thought about doing it that Mm -hmm. way or not. Anyway, so I just love that she's thinking about it this way because I really feel like that's a that's an important framework for balancing values with mm-hmm. constraints and then yeah. coming out with hopefully your kind of best live life given the right. constraint that the constraints that you deal with and independent of to the extent possible the social norms that might dictate mm-hmm. something otherwise. Anyway, I kind of bring this up just because I am just really enjoying life right now <laughs> in my post full-time work outside of the house. Mm-hmm situation and I am just really trying to appreciate it and savor it. I'm really trying to not take for granted this position that I'm in and some of the tips that she had um, are to, you know, think about what it took to get to a place, Mm -hmm. maybe kind of remembering some of the struggles or obstacles that you overcame to to get somewhere. And, and so anyway, so I'm just kind of practicing that and just trying to savor it. That's so, great. Yeah. All right, let's move on to home economics. I want to talk about all the things that we are doing lately to get our home up to date on maintenance and also to get it running even more efficiently. I feel like this is totally your phase one of new life. Yes, right? it like, is. And it's, it's all yes. these things that have just lingered yes. that we've dealt with. It's super annoying stuff. Or just stuff or just put off because it yeah. was just, we just never had time. And I've been describing it to friends in this or way. Or did we? Oh, did we? <laughs> oh, touche. <laughs> but I've been describing to friends that I just have a mental, and I, I do keep it, a keep to-do list, but like my mental to-do list, and I think people will understand, even though I have it written elsewhere, it's just kind of always there in the mm-hmm. back of my mind. 
and things get added to it. But when you are busier, two full-time working parents, podcasting on the side, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. um, you can really only get to those things that have to get done. The laundry, make dinner, keep the house in reasonable order. It is harder to get to those items farther down on the list, kind of the more in-depth organization projects. One of the projects that I did was putting out a flag holder so that we could fly an American flag, which I've just been wanting to do forever (laughs) as part of our house. Um, It just becomes hard to prioritize those things over the must-do and then over the, I finally have a little time to just relax. I don't feel like doing another project. So anyway, kind of one of my goals for this summer is getting as far down as deep into that to-do list as I can. Well, you're killing it so far. Let's talk about them. Okay. So (laughs) I'll start. (laughs) Well, so we categorize these things because we have done some things that were just things we could do on Mm -hmm. our own. There were some things that took it just a little bit of money. Mm -hmm. There have been a fair number of things that have taken... Much modest to much larger amount of money. Right. And then there are things coming up that will take significant money. Yeah. Um, but they're all going to get done because they're all important. Yeah. So um, first off, it was just like a, it wasn't the the minima. We've had a couple of minimas, which mm-hmm. are like total cleanouts of the house. Yeah. But Big we, decluttering. You did have time to go through and just kind of scrape the, you know, the excess things that have kind of built up a little bit since maybe the last minima and pull it together and get rid of it to a, a couple different places. Yes. One of which you shockingly told me is like your new favorite place. (laughs) Yes. I made trip, actually two trips now to our town's hazardous waste drop off. (laughs) And I love it so much. (laughs) This is why I love this errand so much. So there are all these things around your house, the old paint, the old like weed killer had an old bottle of goo gone charging wires. Yes, cords, old kind of electronics where you don't know what to do with it. And hopefully you're thinking, I feel like I shouldn't just put this in the trash, yeah. but what do I do with it? You know, it's bad to go to the landfill. You know, there's stuff that could be recycled, but you know right. exactly don't know where. how. So your municipality's hazardous waste <laughs> is your answer. <laughs> and so... Anyway, our town has one and I just love it because it takes all of these things where it's like, ah, I don't know how to get rid of this. It's cluttering up a shelf because I don't know. I shouldn't put it in the trash. Anyway, you just bring all this stuff to them. They just take it and then you just go on your merry way. And it just is so satisfying. After you offer the the attendant their like effusive praise for the service they offer. (laughs) I know. Thank you so much for doing your job. Literally, this happened yesterday morning. We were going out somewhere, and and uh, yeah, Kelsey was just. I literally heard her just thanking you know what? this person. Which is do great. you think it's they great. get enough praise for their job? Pro- probably not. So you You're know right. what? I probably brightened his day. I'm sure you did. Um, and then the other place I've been probably two or three times already is Goodwill. Our second home. Yes. Our second home because we probably dropped off like half a household worth of stuff. <laughs> probably has a lot of our <laughs> stuff. So yeah, I mean, we just constantly have a running kind of Goodwill pile and it had kind of built up. And then as I've been doing some more organization, I went through the boys clothes again, kind of for the change of season, the stuff that Cedric has grown out of time to get rid of that stuff. So anyway, just so satisfying. Um, the office that's going to be my 
kind of writing space is the place where we put stuff to be dealt with. Mm -hmm. And so cleaning out a lot of that stuff has been very satisfying. Okay, there's cheap stuff too. Yes. So I cannot remember all of the things, but just some little projects, for example, organizing our closet shelves. Mm -hmm. Just one of those things. I use my closet shelf every day. It's where I keep jewelry. It's where I keep some of my skincare products. But it also ended up being the place that I just put random papers or just random things to be dealt with. And I dealt with all of it. And now Mm -hmm. it is beautiful and organized. And Mm -hmm. then I got you of the same two little organization boxes and you organized yours. So Mm -hmm. our closet Mm -hmm. now is just this glorious place to walk into and you hung a like a hanger thing for all your jewelry for all my jewelry exactly so now that's all organized it's lovely yeah so that was stuff that that just took a trip to target or Mm -hmm. was free but there was the not expensive but you know stuff that took some money yeah some things that we've spent a little bit more money on so we had our carpets cleaned Mm -hmm. That was $140 for like half the carpet in the house, the yeah. main the main trafficked areas. Well, well worth it. So it's, worth it. It's ridiculous that we don't do this more frequently. Yeah, I'm putting I'm putting it on our calendar. Really, we should be doing this once a year. Yeah. It they get super gross our carpets. Yes. And we have this uh we have a shag rug that is huge, like like fifteen feet by whatever feet. Um it is a significant rug. Uh, and it's white-ish, mm-hmm. cream-colored, and we purchased got it. pre-kids. <clears throat> yeah, purchased pre. So long time ago, and we got it from like Ethan Allen, and I bought it because it was a floor model right. sample, whatever. So we got it actually at like a thousand dollar discount. I think we got it for like four hundred fifty bucks, which for that larger rug is good. It was already dirty, mm-hmm. like a little bit dingy. I think this was maybe the third time <laughs> we've cleaned it since we've owned it. Yeah. Um, but it looks actually, now you know, it looks passable, uniformly creamy whitish. Yeah. So. It'll last for a little bit longer. I'm dying to get a different rug, but it is yeah. kind of like, why get something new when you have kids? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. We also had to unfortunately get our ice maker fixed. This was a real bummer of a repair. Our ice maker was creating this giant glacier of an ice cube in the bin. I was hoping that it would be something like, uh, at the expensive end, a $200 repair. It was a $460 repair. I don't really want to think about it too much because I honestly don't understand how a small plastic box (laughs) that holds water Mm -hmm. should be any more expensive than $200. So let's just move on. Suffice it to say, though. It was, you did have the conversation like, should we just buy a new fridge? Yes. And the guy was like, no, no, you know. He did say that he's making lots of house calls to people with the newer refrigerators within like within their first year or two, just because of all the digital components just have kind of more finicky tendency to break down. Quick aside, we've heard the same story uh, about, about the multiple washer and dryer. appliances. Yeah. So. Right. You know, all the doodads, bells and whistles, that those are probably pretty fun to have. But it seems like that, you know, the, the more moving parts, the, the more things The more break, digital, so, the yeah. more digital electronic parts, it does seems like, seems like there's kind of more opportunity for it to, something to go wrong. And those are just very expensive parts to fix. Yeah, so, so anecdotally, maybe the simpler, the better when it comes to appliances. Yeah, probably so. Okay. We also, this is so badly needed. We got a new modem and router. Mm-hmm. Our our internet provider was actually calling us to tell us, I think, that soon our 
modem would just like no longer work with their they, service. They were sending us letters <laughs> that, yeah, apparently calling you. And it was one of these things where you get the calls and you just get so many calls from random numbers or like call like scam calls Mm -hmm. you know where i'm just thinking oh they probably just want my credit card number but i finally called our internet service router to say are these real calls and they were like oh yeah your modem is from 2009 and (laughs) you have to get a new one (laughs) and we did we spent i don't know somewhere between 80 and 120 dollars um Mm -hmm. you know and our internet is so much better yeah Yeah. it was it was ridiculous there there were multiple reasons why it took us so long aside from maybe the lack of time like we we had these other components that were you know our backup storage how's it gonna all work together exactly finally we just unhooked it all and just got the new thing in there it's great yes uh we also have spent we spent a very well spent 185 dollars to get our sliding glass back door sliding so beautifully and smoothly (laughs) so it's like it's an oversized glass door it's a heavy door and um we've cleaned out the track every once in a while probably a handful of times four or five times yeah like in the time we've been in this house which is you know 10 years um and we could tell something was severely wrong because you know you'd just be sliding it which would be a little bit rough but then it would just literally stop in mm-hmm. its tracks yes. and you'd have to almost pick it up and kind of move it over oh, a couple inches it was to, horrible yeah, you it was could terrible. not open the door one-handed anymore this was like a two-handed full body it was ridiculous yeah. but it was one of those things where it took kind of a little bit more time because it's like okay well who even fixes these kinds of it's so it's like the time to mm-hmm. research it kind of the mental bandwidth to allocate the money it actually was such a serendipitous situation because i had a contractor out to give us a bid on a yard project and as we were going into the back yard and he saw how hard it was for me to open the door he said oh looks like that's giving you a hard time i actually have a business on the side where i fix those so it's like oh my gosh i've been waiting to meet you so and i think when i came home i said i will i will spend any money get it yes, fixed. <laughs> yes exactly exactly that was lovely okay we did not spend this money yet but we will this year we have some grout repair in our floor some kind of cracking and I got a quote for that to fix all of the grout and to clean the grout throughout the entire house. That's going to be $700, which mm-hmm. that's actually cheaper than I was expecting. Yeah. So that's nice. Uh, it's due to the house settling, which we brought up right. before. And I mean, as I think about it, like our house is approaching 20 years old. Mm-hmm. It just, it sort of catches up to me because like, I, I keep thinking it's stuck in my head that our house is like 12 to, mm. you know, 14 years old or something. Right. But no, it's actually almost 20 years yeah, old. Yeah. So yeah. this kind of stuff you right. got to fix eventually. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then I think the last thing that we have not spent the money yet, but we hope to soon is somewhere in the neighborhood of $3,500 for finally our yard update, mm-hmm. getting rid of our front yard grass that we've probably been talking about since we started this show. Mm-hmm. Everyone's probably sick of hearing about it. <laughs> I think I'm sick of talking about it, but I'm just ready for it to be done. Yeah. So we have almost all the pieces in place. I submitted the paperwork to the HOA. Mm -hmm. So fingers crossed for us, everyone. That money is already saved. Money's already saved. We've been socking that away in little chunks over the past year or so. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that will will feel nice. Uh, Oh, and in all of these endeavors, we actually made a little bit of money too. I listed some things on Craigslist. One being a desk. My desk. Your desk. Well, you weren't using that, so (laughs) 
bye bye. <laughs> um, I got $60 for that. And then I also sold our pack and play that we used mostly with Cedric for him to sleep in. Mm-hmm. So it was a little bit bittersweet, mm-hmm. but got 65 bucks for that. Yeah. Very satisfying. It and worked. they were, those were just two things that were kind of taking up a lot of room. Yeah. So felt great. Yep. It always feels good to get rid of like oh. heavyweight stuff. Like yes. literally your, your life is somehow lighter. Yes. It feels really good to be able to get some money for it too. Mm-hmm. Like we could have just taken that stuff to, to goodwill but it and we take so much stuff to goodwill it was kind of nice to get a little bit back and then get like paid for half of a date night so there you go so let's also give another quick update on solar yeah so we've been talking about this for the past few episodes Mm -hmm. um and we've now got a couple months worth of data okay which i've been scouring literally daily yep (laughs) Um, so we, we got it installed in April and then we, it started, we were on a new rate plan with our power company in May. <clears throat> and so it's like a, it's a whole different rate plan. We described this in detail a couple episodes ago, if you want to look or hear about it, but we've been comparing our bills the past couple months to our bills the last few years. Thankfully, our power company has really good data you can play with on the, your like accounts website mm-hmm. as it's turning out. Um, solar is saving us the money we hoped it would save us so far. Mm-hmm. So we saved about, I think it was like $70 or so in May. Mm-hmm. But May was weird because we were traveling for a long time. Mm-hmm. So we were using way less energy anyway. Yeah. June, for the most part, that bill represented us being in our house, uh-huh. using our house like we normally use mm-hmm. our house. And we saved $100 over Whoa. our bill last year. And so that was awesome. Yep. So we are, our, our demand is way low. Mm-hmm. And if you're wondering these about these terms, you're not sure about them. Again, we describe it in the episode a yeah. couple episodes ago. Um, and our total uh, kilowatt hours usage is cut at least in half, if not more. Wow. Um, so the solar is doing really, really well for us. And awesome. um, yeah, so I'm very, I'm very pleased. It feels but, really, really good. But you have, you have bought into the whole thing, mm-hmm. which I really appreciate because mm-hmm. I've been I'm kind of maniacal about this stuff. Yes. I recognize. <laughs> I do feel like I need some recognition. Yeah. And you know what? On the show, let's just make it public. Thank you so much. <laughs> my my early love note to you. <laughs> uh-huh. So what what I kind of mean by this is, so in our solar rate plan, we are charged a demand fee. Mm-hmm. And we also have these on peak and off peak hours. So when we're on peak hours, which right now is 1 p.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday. So during that time across the entire month, we get assessed a fee based on our highest demand charge. Yeah. And so that means a demand charge is like how much energy you're using at one time. Mm-hmm. Like if we had all of our appliances running at one time, we'd have a super high demand charge. Yeah. So, and it's not averaged out. It's like a a single instance. So if you hit a really high demand just one time just in the month time. during those on peak hours, that's what you get charged on. Right. So, so <laughs> got to be careful. So anyway, uh, I'm the one home during the weekdays. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I am just trying to be so conscious of doing laundry, even trying to do cooking for dinner before 1 Mm PM so that then for dinner hours, we can avoid using the stove and the oven as -hmm. much as possible. So, yeah. So the, the, the hard part is with those on peak hours, it's that time around dinner time. That's really the crux because we don't have like all these other appliances that Mm -hmm. would kick in and, and 
contribute to our demand. It's really our AC Mm -hmm. and we're in the middle of the summer and it's like 110 degrees outside literally right now in Arizona. Mm -hmm. And that coupled with the stove or the oven can really kick up the demand. Mm -hmm. And so, and, but the problem is at six to seven o'clock, like right around dinner Mm -hmm. time is when our production starts to drop way off. And so this is, I I really feel like I've got this conspiracy theory in the back of my head that SRP is just trying to fuck us, like all the solar people, (laughs) and this is how they're doing it. Uh Um, But that means we have to be really sensitive about how we're using our energy right during that time. Yeah. So we've come up with all these strategies that that I think work really well. It probably Mm -hmm. doesn't mitigate all the stress. Yeah. But... You know, like we're we're using we're eating a lot more cold dinners. We've mm-hmm. been getting salads from Trader Joe's, mm-hmm. which have been delicious. Yes. What's yes. the one we've been eating? Oh, uh, the Southwestern chopped salad. That's been fantastic. Highly recommend. Yeah. We're using our grill, which that doesn't count towards our energy use because that's gas. Yeah. And that's been actually kind of fun. Like that's yeah. been a nice thing. I hadn't really mm-hmm. thought about that, but yeah, it's exactly it's a nice and, grill and I will say for any listeners that are concerned about my stress level over dinner as if there are unrealistic expectations on it. It still for me is worth it and a fun challenge Mm -hmm. to avoid using the stove and oven. And there have been dinners where I have used the stove or the oven and Mm -hmm. you don't make me feel bad about it and I don't feel guilty about it. Like that's just life. But it is fun because it does feel like we are kind of gamifying, you know, just Mm -hmm. maximizing our efficiency. Totally. And yeah, and it's fun. And so, and also the peak hours will change in the fall and mm-hmm. then in the fall and winter, uh, we won't be using our AC, so we will be able to use the stove and oven kind of later in the day. Because yeah. in the fall and winter, I do want to be making, I don't know, just those cozier dinners yeah. that might require yeah. that. So that that won't be an issue. Yeah. So I feel, I feel like we've really got it figured out. So mm-hmm. we're like, you know, one thing we haven't run into too much just yet, but when we want to entertain, yeah, I'm thinking like, okay, we'll do it Saturdays instead of Fridays because right. that's off peak hours, right. so we don't get hit even, <laughs> you know, because we probably drop the AC even lower, so people yeah. are comfortable in our house, right? But yeah, so it's like it's using the grill, it's it's having cold dinners, it's it's prepping some things earlier in the day, using the microwave when possible. Mm-hmm. There's been a couple times we use the oven or the stove. And I've just gone and turned off the AC during that time. Temporarily, yeah. So essentially, I'm my own, dem- or we're our own demand manager. Even we right. have gotcha. we have a demand manager built into the system, and that's been working out, right? It's been fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So our highest demand, if you're familiar with this kind of stuff, has been 3.8. Wow. And with with 110 degree temperatures so far, which is just like ridiculously low. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, I'm pleased with how it's all turned out. Awesome. All right. Okay, we had a great listener question. So this question is about savings milestones when your only goal is saving money. So a listener wrote into us that, and she said that she and her husband have been saving and recently hit a milestone of actually a few hundred thousand dollars. Awesome. Side note, amazing. Yeah. Um, But since they aren't turning that money into something tangible like a house or a remodel or even paying off debt, it felt a little anticlimactic. And so she wondered if we had any thoughts on how to mark the occasion of hitting savings goals when kind of you're not working towards something tangible. Yeah, this is fun. This is something we do a lot. Yeah, we love goals. Yeah. (laughs) So I think maybe my first kind of recommendation would just be to set goals 
even if you're just going to keep on going, set a goal of $100,000, then $150,000. Just kind of set those goals just to kind of keep having something to work towards Mm -hmm. if the only goal is just like saving more and more. Um, Just make it a little more specific. Mm -hmm. I think that helps. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. We, I think we do this a lot where we, we actually celebrate when we hit the goals. Yeah. Like, uh, I can't recall, maybe pro- probably around $50,000 once uh-huh. we got to there in our Vanguard account, we, we had a little celebration. We'd go out and like, yeah, go to the coffee shop, like one of our favorite little places in yeah. town, that kind of thing. Just a little. Like, honestly, just like going to breakfast or even if it was, um, just a dinner at home, but we would say, Hey, let's do a dinner to celebrate you know, saving this, let's do pizza, like our favorite meal or whatever, just something like designating this is something to celebrate this achievement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My next tip is to take time to talk about working towards the goal as you're working towards it. Mm -hmm. So even if things are automated and it's going well, which Maybe if you're reaching high sums of money, it's maybe it's not difficult, but just to like keep up that momentum kind of just to talk about it, you know, like, oh, I checked in on our savings and it's at this and man, by Christmas time, we'll be there or just, I don't know, even just those little, the in, the encouragement stuff, just having that dialogue mm-hmm. and kind of encouraging each other about it. I think that what can make managing finances with a partner so fun is just feeling like you're on this team with these common goals Mm -hmm. and that, you know, you're going to work through any obstacles together and you're going to have someone to celebrate those achievements with. So I think just talking about it, um, maybe we kind of tend to want like tend to just talk about the difficult financial things, but this talking about the stuff that you're doing really well And it could be maybe not a savings goal. This could be a sticking to your budget goal or like, Mm -hmm. you know, hey, we're sticking to our grocery budget this month or we're sticking to our home supplies budget, you know, Mm -hmm. and I would totally advocate for just whatever the goal is, tie a little, tie a little celebration to it. Yeah. Go out for a coffee date after a month that you both stuck to your personal allowance goal or whatever, you know? Yeah. 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 That makes it fun. Um, and I'm a quantifier, so I think yeah. too. Like I like to uh, with us, I've like to kind of tell the story of what it means to reach a goal. Okay. So I'd be like, well, we hit this amount of money. Uh-huh. If we really wanted to, we're not going to because it's not our goal. But if we wanted to, we could just completely pay off my student debt, mm, or right. you know, or we could do this or that. You know, it, gotcha. it's just like once we hit sums of money that was equivalent to that's some other thing we could possibly pull off. Yeah, it's nice to say that out loud. To say, yeah, like, that's kind of a good. That's a good idea too, especially for just those just for the sake of savings, like Mm -hmm. saying we could buy an investment property if we Mm -hmm. wanted, Mm -hmm. we could do an amazing three months of traveling or Mm -hmm. something. And Mm -hmm. you might not even do any of those things, but it does kind of help because when money is just sitting in the bank, it is just so intangible. And I feel like I don't really even know what $15,000 I mean, that yeah. number is just, okay, just whatever. But mm-hmm. if we're not planning to spend it, what does that even mean? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, I like that. And so that's the story of like what you could do with it right now in the moment. But mm-hmm. there's also the story of what, what it will mean I see, for you like in the future. I see, like on your trajectory. Yeah. So like I also really like to think about what 
hitting a goal means for the future. Mm. And so, for example, if this couple is saving up hundreds of thousands, I presume at least a chunk of that is for passive income in the future off mm-hmm. of like interest and that kind of thing. So you could say, okay, this money 20 years from now or 30 years or whatever it is till say retirement, mm-hmm. this is what it means for us in retirement. This is the percentage of our retirement income. It will, it will now cover for mm-hmm. us. We got to this goal and now we have that percentage covered. How yeah. awesome. Yeah. So that's like a, that's another way to think about mm-hmm. what the, the story of the money, even though it's sort of not being utilized. Yeah. You know, I like that. I like that. Um, and then just once you reach that goal, whatever it is that you set, just take time to talk a- talk about what it took to get there. Just, I think that's just part of kind of luxuriating in that achievement, savoring that achievement, um, talking about any strategies that you used or discipline, like maybe when it was hard, um, kind of what you overcame and mm-hmm. just give yourself permission to feel really proud of yourself mm-hmm. and give yourself permission to feel really proud. Even if the goal, you know, you think is small or small compared to other people. Um, it, you know, it doesn't matter if you saved a hundred dollars or a hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Like that's great. Yeah. And it's, you know, heading in the right direction. And that's just, I think feeling proud of yourself and, um, that just helps build that momentum if those are the habits that you want to keep up. Yeah. So I would love to hear from listeners that use kind of kind of milestones or achievements mm-hmm. and celebrations for anything related to budgets, like what works for you, what's your go-to celebration, how do you make it feel worth it and get that momentum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to love notes. I have one for you. Okay. So I occasionally experiment with my diet and do weird things with my diet. Uh-huh. And you've been very tolerant uh, with me in these past, well, I guess this past week or a couple uh-huh. of weeks where for a while, actually around the same time that I was beginning to investigate e-bikes, I've been reading a lot about calorie restriction. Mm. And it's a um, it's an area of science that's been done. It's, there's been a lot of work done in animal models basically restricting calories with the idea that perhaps it increases longevity. So Mm -hmm. lifespan. And, um, there's been some recent, the past couple of years, some recent studies in humans for the first time, Mm. um, like long-term big trials, uh, that show promising results. And so, uh, I have been recovering from these injuries. I did gain a bit of weight, which doesn't affect my health at all, but Mm -hmm. you know, so very, it's totally vanity here. Mm -hmm. It's just an aesthetic thing, but I wanted to lose some weight. Um, I still think you look amazing. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, and I, t- truth be told, it was like five or seven pounds. Yeah. Not not really a big deal. But anyway, um, I have, I've been experimenting with calorie restriction, which means all of a sudden my diet looks very different. I'm tracking my diet really Can you really explain seriously. what calorie restriction means? Well, yeah. So basically, it, all of us have some m- maintenance level of calories. So there's our basal metabolic rate. That's just the functioning of our body. If we did nothing else... You know, probably 800 to 1,200 calories is going to be just spent on keeping us alive. Just if you laid on the floor (laughs) all day. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a few other categories. There's energy expenditure. So that's just you moving, doing things as well as actual physical activity. And then there's also a little category, thermic effect of food. So there's like your digestion Mm. is actually another thing. Um, Dealing with the food that you're eating. All of those are calorie expenditures. That adds up to some amount of calories that you need to just maintain your weight, you know, day in and day out. 
calorie restriction would, of course, be reducing your calories before below that needed amount, mm. um, which anybody who's dieted before, that's essentially dieting, except calorie restriction is meant to be just you adopt it and you are at gotcha. that kind of long-term, gotcha. regardless of weight loss, because your metabolism will adjust mm. to a new calorie intake, it will probably slow down to try mm. to compensate, and then you hit a new sort of set point, mm -hmm. they sometimes call it. Anyway, so studies that have been done recently have, have tried to achieve a 25%, I think it was 25% reduction in calories in people in these studies. They brought them down to actually, in reality, 11%. And so I've actually been shooting for about 20% calorie restriction uh, every day and, and achieving it hmm. with a combination of actual calorie restriction and more exercise, gotcha. like, for example, biking all over town. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Anyway, but it also means that I'm like, I'm eating differently. And when you make dinners, I'm kind of modifying what you make for me. When and I'm already making a dinner <laughs> that I did by not using the stove or the <laughs> oven, Christopher. So now you've got, you can't use normal things to cook food uh -huh. and you've got two picky toddlers uh -huh. and one picky adult. Uh -huh. So welcome to Kelsey's world. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say you are also totally happy to make dinner. It's not like mm -hmm. it has to be me. I oh, do yeah, yeah. enjoy making dinner. Um, and maybe if it gets much more complicated, I will turn some of those duties over, over to you a little <laughs> bit more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, thank you for, for tolerating my, my new kick here. You're welcome. <laughs> um, actually mine is food related too. You made, speaking of dinner, you made an amazing dinner tonight mm. and it was so wonderful to come home to. Uh, you made this crispy coconut tofu. Mm-hmm. And I was out, I went to this little event today and I was, didn't really eat lunch. I was coming home. I was so hungry. I hadn't, we hadn't talked about dinner, so I didn't know what was happening. And you would text me that the boys were being a bit of a handful. Um, <laughs> and then I came home and walked in the door and it just smelled amazing. This kind of toasty coconut smell and just... It was such a delicious dinner and mm -hmm. you found a recipe in this food magazine that we just got. And for me, I have to like look through things and pick something out and plan it. And I just love that you just saw something that looked delicious and just made it. <laughs> <laughs> and dinner was amazing. So thank you. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. All right. I think that wraps it up. All right. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. You can send us an email if you want to share how you celebrate your budget and savings milestones. That is heymatrimony at gmail.com. The show notes for this episode will be at loveandmatrimony.com. And you can keep up with us on Instagram in between episodes. Oh, Chris, you have a new Instagram name. Yep. Yep. Ever-changing. I'm now Chris Wharton, 77. All right. And I am still Kels Wharton. <laughs> Celebrate your savings, everybody. And remember to love your honey, not your money. Okay. My next tip is that so sorry, editing. It? So sorry, <laughs> editing, Chris. <laughs> Tell us the tip, man.